Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Out of the gates and ready to go. OutKick 360 is underway from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. The crew is all here. Glad you're with us. Big show plan. We have Conrad Thompson, who is... The promoter and founder of a ton of pro wrestling podcasts where he gets on with vets and looks back on the good old days. He's also the son-in-law of Ric Flair, and he will join us in 20 minutes. He is in town promoting Ric Flair's final match. We'll get into the business of that and much more, and what will be a great chat indeed. We have Bobby Carpenter. Uh, talking college football, pro football, and more, and he will be live from a floating home mm. on the lake. We uh, will have a great view if you're watching, and if you're listening to us, you'll be very jealous as we have him describe his setup. Did I see correctly that he's in East Tennessee? He right is now? on... I saw Norris Lake, and that's on, in East Tennessee. Yeah, he's in. He's on Norris Lake today. Which surprised me. A guy from Columbus, Ohio, coming down to Tennessee to go on a lake. Well, he subbed for you on that one show, and he loved it. Yeah, so I'm thinking they, they don't gave have him property. They don't have lakes in Ohio? It was my uh, first thought. Well, uh, really you want to get away that. that was his prize for subbing in on Outkick the Tailgate. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to need a houseboat on Norris Lake. I, I actually paid for that rental of that houseboat <laughs> on Norris Lake. So it came right out. It was uh, direct, not deposit, but direct debit out of my account for him Filling in for that one show. Austin Price of AllQuest.com will join us in the third hour and plenty of discussion throughout. Kyler Murray, DK Metcalf. Uh, we have some of the top recruits in the country ranking the top brands in college football according to the recruits taking official visits. Um, and not just 10 of them, a thousand of them have been asked this off the record question. So uh, we'll reveal that coming up. Uh, plus, we will hit all of the news and notes across the NFL as training camps for day number three on the field for most of these guys uh, concludes across the country. The Titans had their practice this morning, Paul. You were inside the bubble due to weather. Any big news or notes to, to point out from NFL Nashville franchise? Well, a, a couple things struck me. Uh, Hassan Haskins is not the fastest running back, and we know that. But he's very fast at getting to the handoff and the line of scrimmage. So I think that's a good thing for a slower running back to get to the ball and get to the line of scrimmage quickly. Uh, I was struck by that today. Kyle Phillips is running against bad cornerbacks. But uh, I put up one video that people are going gaga over. It's got 30,000 looks at it. He just chopped up Kenneth George, a, a kid that went to Tennessee, and wasn't very good or meaningful there. He's not going to be in the NFL. But I think Kyle Phillips beats anybody on this very short route with very precise um, steps. Um, and Robert Woods, it looks outstanding. I'm really curious. I know you'll be out there next week. Pads go on Tomorrow. on Monday. Um, the twisting and the torque that come next week 
What does that do to he and Caleb Farley, two guys recovering from ACLs? Because that's a whole different thing. Now, Vrabel dismissed it, said, uh, you know, we're not thinking of it as a big benchmark or occasion for Robert Woods. But I wonder if it is, you know, Monday after he goes through a camp where he's blocking people, where he's getting hit when he catches it and twisted and torqued. That's a different deal. Because right now, Robert Woods seems to me too good to be true. And uh, both those guys are out. He so he tore his ACL in November. Um, they are out there practicing without knee braces on, which is significant. Like that, there's no player. Does it of, go back on to Monday? my knowledge wearing a knee brace currently on the field for them? No, uh, they're very they're in very good shape. Monty Rice is recovering from some kind of Achilles. We don't know if it was a torn Achilles, though it seems like it probably was. Now that he's on PUP, that's the most significant injury they have. But. I'm really curious about Woods and Farley going into next week with twisting and torque. So I uh, uh, mentioned yesterday, Ryan Jensen, the starting center for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, went down with an apparent really bad knee injury. Um, the swelling has not got, gone down enough for them to conduct the full MRI to determine whether or not he's out for the season with the ACL. Got to guess that's not a great Or if it sign. is a knee sprain, which is what they're hoping for, which is like a six to seven week recovery and that would put him on pace for week one around that time. So they're, they're waiting on that. The, the, I bring it up only because we're going to see a joint practice in a couple of weeks between the Titans and the Buccaneers. And there are significant changes on the Titans offensive line that will be evaluated during those padded practices. And now you have added to that Brady Center, where right now, in just reading through options they have a rookie in Robert Hainsey out of Notre Dame who played tackle they drafted him to move inside and potentially play center so he's their backup but this was this is not some deal where they thought it was going to be a week no. one thing the so, name in the wings Hutton is J.C. Treader the former Brown and the uh, I don't know is he still the president yeah, of the, the, president. the NFLPA yep He's been a good player in Cleveland. He, he's older, and uh, he didn't get much action, obviously, in free agency. But he is an experienced guy who Brady well, would problem. feel a lot more comfortable with in terms of learning and being able to control things as compared to a rookie who's not done any of that at this level. The problem is they have no cap space. Yeah, well, That's I would think issue. J.C. Treader would probably play for close to the minimum um, for a chance to play with Brady and, and get to a Super Bowl when he spent most of his career with the Bumbling Browns. But, I don't you know, know if the president of the NFLPA signs a minimum contract and gives a gift to Tampa Bay. We'll uh, see. I've seen his he's name He's coming mentioned. off a three-year, $35 million deal. So I don't... There's no market for him. Well, it only takes one more injury, and then there is. Then you, then you have the bidding. Now, if he wants to go win a championship, that's another thing. But to me... I, I would be. I, I'm surprised if the president of the NFLPA gives a. I mean, Julio Jones just signed a six million dollar contract there. That's not even close to the veteran minimum. No. They're raving about him too. We'll get into that later in the show. Uh, Kyler Murray. So this thing is so botched. Here, so here's the here's the thing. So yesterday yesterday evening, the Cardinals release a statement saying that they're removing the clause the independent study clause from his contract stating that he needs to study film for four hours a week. And 
he had the impromptu press conference yesterday on Thursday. The issue I have with this now is the reports are that they removed this clause on Wednesday. So and let they, him go they still there. let the quarterback go to the podium in an impromptu press conference to defend himself. And after that, hours after that, after the media had left the facility, they release the, the news that they, were, they had removed it 24 hours prior due to all the distraction that it was causing. That, this whole thing is a huge mess. Bungled. And it's top a, to bottom. Chad, it's a, it's a point of emphasis now because this is, this is supposed to be a celebration of sorts, a, a toast-worthy moment for the franchise. Let's put it that way. Because a couple months ago, they extended their head coach and general manager, and they just extended and gave $105 million over th- the first three years of this deal, which is really the contract to the guy that they drafted number one overall a year after ditching the pick they got wrong in Rosen. And so if you're re-signing or extending your guy, your number one overall pick at quarterback, that is a big deal for the Arizona Cardinals franchise. And for it to be this messed up to where in January we were debating whether or not he was going to demand a trade and all the back and forth that took place to now having to take out a clause that they clearly wanted in there and a clause that clearly caused some friction with their quarterback when it got out. They still, even though the, the money's on makes everything on good terms, there still seems to be this air of friction between quarterback and franchise. And it's their own doing. They did what and you wanted, Chad. I mean, they made a statement. Uh, yeah, but I mean, it's why I was so confused yesterday and just asking the question, if the Cardinals wanted this to end, they could have ended it before the press conference. They could start to end it right now. They spoke and did something. They acted like I thought they should, but I don't think the action should have been just eliminating the clause from the contract. The action... To me, they've now created even more uncertainty around it. Okay, why was it so important? Also, Kyler Murray and his agent signed it. You know, on the advice of his agent, he signed the clause. So yeah, they're culpable in this too. I don't want to completely let him off the hook if he's got such a big problem with it. He could have gone to them before and said, just eliminate that because that could become a storyline. You know I'm going to do the work if, in fact, that was the case, which I don't think it is because the Cardinals felt compelled to put it in the contract. I said it yesterday, I'll say it again. The way they could have wiggled their way out of this is to simply release a statement saying, we fully believe in him based on the contract. We're showing you that. We know he prepares. We don't believe that he's not going to reach the four hours. This is simply language we're putting into all future quarterback contracts. Boom. No one's going to even ask the question six years from now when they sign their next franchise quarterback, if it's in there or not. You could have eliminated the problem right there by simply saying that clerically we are going to include study clauses in our starting quarterback contracts moving forward. There's a lot of language in every contract that the public doesn't sift through. This is simply something that's going to be included in Arizona Cardinals quarterback contracts. Boom. End of story. We move on. Instead, they come back and completely rip the Band-Aid off and say, Hey, we didn't mean to cause any controversy here, so let's just go ahead and eliminate it altogether. It doesn't matter, boys, that it's not in there. It matters that it was, was put. in there. 
Hit us up on Twitter at Outkick360. Big show coming, including when we come back, Conrad Thompson, who is behind Ric Flair's last match, which takes place right here in Music City and on Fight TV. The details behind how this all came about and the empire of podcasting that Conrad has built. Next on Outkick360. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer. With over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros, Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Nashville is always jam-packed, but Broadway and the downtown footprint is the place to be this weekend for all things pro wrestling because SummerSlam is here tomorrow night. And then that is sandwiched in between StarCast 5 and Ric Flair's last match, which takes place Sunday evening on Fight TV. And the man behind it all is Conrad Thompson. He is the podfather, as I like to refer to him, whenever I'm discussing (laughs) this empire that he has built uh, outside of his day job. Um, Conrad joins us on OutKick360. Great to have you on, man. And uh, I hope the stress level uh, is not as bad as what I probably would guess it is right now. Man, I I don't want to jinx it, but uh, I think I'm okay. (laughs) I think everything's coming together. We're getting ready for the roast of Ric Flair tonight. And then Sunday, man, it feels like the whole wrestling world's talking about Ric Flair's last match. How did this first come together? The idea that this could be a part of this weekend in Nashville and it would all lead up to Sunday at Municipal? Well, I first did like a uh, venue scout, I guess you would call it, uh, of the fairgrounds last October. Uh, A friend of the show, Jeff Jarrett, said, hey, if you're going to do another StarCast, when are you thinking? And I said, well, SummerSlam's in Nashville, 
And based on what I saw of the WWE schedule at the time, I knew they weren't running SmackDown here. And normally, whenever there's a big pay-per-view match, they make sure SmackDown's in the same town as the pay-per-view. And they're in Atlanta tonight. So I thought, okay, well, if they're unopposed, let's do the roast of Ric Flair. And then I realized, wait a minute, if SummerSlam is on Saturday, there's nothing to do on Sunday. So I came up with this idea. I pitched it to David Crockett in March, and I pitched it to Rick in March, and they both loved it. Here we are, Jim Crockett Promotions, one last time, Ric Flair wrestling his last match in a building where he won two world titles. So we're excited to be at the Municipal Auditorium this Sunday. How difficult was it to find the opponent? And but I only asked that because it was it was released late in the process of actually announcing the match. Well, what we wanted to do is not just to announce matches. You know, it feels like a lot of times independent promotions, they'll just announce matches and hope that people can get excited about the, the dreams, the dream match status of that match. I didn't think that really worked for Rick's last match. I wanted to do it like HBO and Showtime do like a 24-7, three-week countdown. Uh, and episodically, you sort of learn the why. Why does this guy want to do this? What's important about this to him? What's his motivation? So we came up with the idea of the Last Match docuseries, and all three of those have aired now over at rickflairslastmatch.com. We're going to do one that will air after the last match. It just tells the story of Rick's last match. And through that process, I realized, hey, you know, he's been training for a while with Jay Lethal. They had some fantastic stuff from back in the day. And then we got a little creative. You know, I've been doing a podcast with Jeff Jarrett for over a year, and we've sort of made it a running gag on our show. Was he or wasn't he a horseman? And then this summer, uh, I got a new brother-in-law, uh, Andre El Idolo, or Andrade El Idolo, uh, married Charlotte Flair from the WWE. So it just made sense that we could sort of make it a family affair. So it'll be Ric Flair and his other son-in-law, Andrade, against Jeff Jarrett, uh, Nashville's own, and uh, Jay Lethal. So should be a fun time. Was there any consideration for you being the son-in-law that was the part? <laughs> uh, buddy, I, I'm going to stick to mortgages and podcasts. I don't, uh, I don't want to get paid. I don't want to get paid to fall down for a living. That does not appeal to me. No, thank you. So how, how did somebody go from hawking loans on the radio to being the most influential podcaster in wrestling? Well, that's nice of you to say. I'm still hawking loans on the radio. Uh, I, I, even my Twitter handle, you know, advertises me as, as Conrad the Mortgage Guy. That's the way I, I handle my business. But one of the things we do on uh, those podcasts is we promote these mortgages. And uh, it's just kind of all found a way to dovetail together. And nobody would have imagined a few years together, a few years ago that you could marry nostalgic old school wrestling and home loans. But I somehow <laughs> found a way. And I sure am having a lot of fun. Uh, to what level did your mortgage business blow up once the podcasting really took off? Uh, well, you know, for years and years, I advertised, you know, here in Nashville and Chattanooga and Knoxville and Huntsville and Birmingham. And that was pretty much it. But once I started podcasting with Rick in 2015, it sort of clicked like, wait a minute, people all over the world are hearing this. So now instead of advertising on, on these different radio stations, I can just sort of put my hands on the wheel and take control and I decided to, hey, let's get licensed in all these states. And we did. Uh, so we went from spending millions of dollars a year in advertising to now I get paid to advertise other folks and I get to plug my mortgage company for free. It's the best decision I've made besides marrying my wife. So uh, speaking of your wife, your father-in-law, Ric Flair, with this last match, and he was at Titans practice yesterday, and he talked about physically getting ready for this. And I noticed he mentioned he's dropped 15 pounds to get ready for it and kind of talked about what to expect. 
what have you seen with him in terms of at, at his age with, with some past health issues, physically getting into a place where he can complete this match? Well, he actually started training about a year ago, just wanting to get in better shape and feel like Ric Flair again. Uh, and he started working out with uh, John Cena's personal trainer down there in Florida. And he was pushing the pace. And then when I sort of pitched the idea of, hey, what if one last match? And he had been talking about that to me, like, what if, in a hypothetical way, for nine years. So when I presented it, I mean, I barely finished the sentence, and he jumped right all over it. So uh, I knew we had something, but he wanted to make sure that he could physically do it in the ring. He knew cardio-wise he was in good shape. He knew strength-wise he was in good shape. You could scroll his Instagram and see him, you know, picking up 500 pounds last year sometime. So he's been working at it for quite a while, not with a match in mind, just wanting to, you know, take better care of himself. But once he got in the ring and he, you know, took a few bumps, as they like to say, boy, he just got the bug. He knew he could do it. He felt better about it. He cleared that mental block. And I know that there's been some folks online who were really concerned about Rick stepping back into the ring. But the reality is it's happened four times a week since the first week of April. So it won't be the first time he stepped between the ropes this Sunday. It'll just be the first time we've all seen it uh, because he's been doing it for four hours a week for months. So he's ready. We're ready. And we can't wait for a big time this Sunday. Yeah, there's not a lot of people, uh, celebrities. There are some, but I feel like Ric Flair has this special ability to get a response from people when they see him in public, see see him out and about. Does it ever get old for you to see that response that Ric Flair brings out in people when, when they see him out and about? No, he loves it. Uh, he doesn't want to be Richard Flair. He wants to be the nature boy. And uh, it, every time we go to, um, if we're in a major airport or a busy restaurant or something like that, it's going to turn into a bit of a meet and greet because I feel like everybody grew up watching Ric Flair. That's something he hears all the time, and as right as well he should. Uh, later this year, he'll celebrate 50 years in the industry. So there's a good chance that you and your dad, maybe your grandpa, saw Ric Flair wrestle, and uh, he still loves it. He's going to do it again this weekend. But no, it doesn't get it doesn't get tiring for me because I know it, it. It really excites him. He Conrad, has a blast with it. Conrad Thompson, our guest, Fight TV is where you can watch Ric Flair's last match if you're listening outside of the Middle Tennessee area. And uh, Municipal Auditorium is where this will be. RicFlair'sLastMatch.com is the website. Conrad, uh, the, the storyline and the buildup in the 2009 final match of Ric Flair where he lost to Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania was a perfect and fitting ending with how everything was tied together. Uh, does Rick regret wrestling since that moment in any way? Very much. You know, he, uh, the, the unfortunate reality was uh, he needed to. Uh, he went through a couple of divorces and had to write two more checks and needed some opportunities to do that. This is before his uh, hip-hop life sort of exploded. <laughs> I mean, he was still the, one of the most famous wrestlers in the world, but he wasn't in the Bad Bunny video. He wasn't in the Migos video. He hadn't yet, you know, had all the NFL players doing the chants and the pre-games and things like that. So once that happened, you know, he knew, hey, I, I can I could just do the autograph circuit thing and just kind of get paid for being me. And the impact stuff came to an end. But yes, he very much regrets uh, finishing and then coming back. But he wants to do this one, and this is the this is the final one. And I know that 
you know, that feels a little bit like the boy who cried wolf. But the 2008 one was near perfect. WrestleMania 24 with yeah. Shawn Michaels. And then to come back afterwards and then have that last match with that second company, Impact Wrestling, it was just on a soundstage on a random weekly TV show in front of 1,100 people. It wasn't an event. It wasn't a happening like what we're doing here with the roast of Ric Flair and a panel for the horsemen. And, and then this monster show, maybe the biggest non-WWE or AEW show of the year right here in Nashville. This is a more fitting send-off. So this is it. If there's any concern about, is this really Ric Flair's last match? Yes, it is. Uh, and I can say that because I don't want to promote another one. Uh, and also, too, he doesn't want to do it again. You know, he's 73. He's in his head about performing, not having a passable match, but looking like the Ric Flair of old. But I want to temper expectations. He's not going to look like he did in 86. He's a lot older, uh, but he's not a 73-year-old man. He's Ric Flair. What kind of Christmas gifts does Ric Ric Flair give his son-in-law? <laughs> Uh, usually a check with uh, a lot of zeros. That's like his favorite <laughs> gift is cash. And uh, we accept those. Mine too. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. He's given me some great stuff over the years. My favorite gift he gave us, though, is he gave our daughter a dog. And that dog, uh, Ginger, has now become my dog. Uh, so the, the, the greatest gift he gave me, I guess, was his daughter. And his second best was the dog. So, yeah, he's a good gift giver. So outside of your, your day job with the mortgage company, which is uh, you're, you're crushing it in that, um, if we go to, is it conradlinks.com, everything that you do is linked there through Linktree, and it is a number of podcasts. How do you keep up with all that, and how much time, we, we were discussing Kyler Murray prior to you joining us, I'm assuming it's more than four hours a week that you're devoting uh, to this, uh, unlike Murray with uh, the Cardinals and the required film study that they put in this contract. Point being, uh, you've, you've got multiple full-time jobs to keep up with all that and the research behind what goes into the questions you're going to ask these guys on a weekly basis. Well, I've got a whole team of folks now. You know, We've grown our podcast network to where we have 40 employees now. So I've got a great research team. I've got video team and graphics team and so we've, we've got all of that sort of handled, and I just have to sort of be on-air talent. Now, that wasn't the way it always was, but that is certainly the evolution. But just like with the mortgage company, once upon a time, it was just me, and now there's a, a whole lot of other folks helping out. Uh, so, yes, I do have two full-time jobs, but it wouldn't be possible without an incredible support staff on both sides. What's been the coolest moment for you throughout this run? Um, I was at the event with Jim Ross uh, with Jr. and Lawler at Zany's in Nashville, you were there, and that was the first time you met Jr. in person, I believe. Uh, at least that's what he says. Um, is there a moment throughout the process, and I'm just using that as the example, where you look back and go, "Man, I can't believe that I'm doing all this with you being the fan that that you certainly are of, of the pro wrestling world." Uh, maybe the weirdest or the most surreal was years ago, SummerSlam was in New York, and uh, I happened to be hanging out with Rick at the, uh, the company hotel for the WWE. And it was like, it was kind of weird because it was an Irish Mexican bar. And I was like, all right. <laughs> so they had Mexican food, but Irish drinks. And it was a little weird, but we found ourselves at the bar. And then here's this jacked up guy wearing like cheaters or readers in a booth over there. And I did a double take and I thought, is that Stone Cold Steve Austin? And I mentioned to Rick, and I said, hey, I think that's Steve Austin. And he looks, and he goes, no, that guy's wearing glasses. And I said, I think it's just to see the menu. I think that's Steve Austin. And sure enough, he saw it was. He yelled at him, and he came over, and I wound up 
drinking the bar close with Stone Cold Steve Austin and Ric Flair and thinking, this might be the greatest day in the history of my life. Surprised that Mexican-Irish thing didn't take off from there. What yeah. would you think the first time you saw somebody in the stands holding up a, a big uh, sign of your head? Uh, here's what I think. I remember when it was. It was Royal Rumble 2017. They were in San Antonio, and I was actually intending to go to the show, uh, but I was late getting inside the building. And my Twitter blew up with photos of my giant head in the crowd. It's one of the coolest things I've ever seen. I just did not expect that at all. Conrad, for those that are listening and not viewing this, you've got the backdrop behind you. But going on behind you is is StarCast with signings and, and event time with other stars. I mean, uh, everyone from Brett the Hitman Hart is on this uh, rundown uh, to, to, to many others. Uh, give us an idea of what's going on this weekend outside of the Sunday night event. And uh, without going through the full card, I'll tell people, if you go to Fight TV, it's a full lineup of matches, not just the one match. Uh, so you get your money's worth there. And I believe it's just over 30 bucks, right, for the actual show? That's right. It's $35, thirty four ninety nine. Uh, you can watch it live or on demand. We've got a pre-show that will start at uh, 6.05 Eastern, or as we're both here in Middle Tennessee, 5.05 our time. The actual pay-per-view will start at 6. It should be done around 9. Uh, we're scheduled for 11 matches, and uh, that's going to be the uh, the dessert of the weekend. But today is the appetizer, if you will. Just a few hours from now, at 8 o'clock tonight, we're starting the roast of Ric Flair, hosted by his longtime uh, close personal friend and one of the voices of college football, Brad Nestler. And it's a who's who of comedians, and we've got, I'll give you guys some spoilers, some unbelievable celebrities sent videos in. we got Chevy Chase on this thing. Uh, we got Jerry West on this thing. We got Lance Armstrong on this thing. Some folks, I thought, how do you know that person? But everybody knows Ric Flair. Uh, and then all day tomorrow and uh, the next day, we've got panels and meet and greets. So you can hear some of these great stories behind the scenes uh, from Kevin Nash and Mick Foley and Paige and Daniel Bryan and Bret Hart. But you also get to meet all these folks and, and get pictures and autographs and uh, and get your picture made with some of Rick's old robes or the actual belts they won. Not replicas, but the real deal belt. So there's a lot of really cool stuff happening at the fairgrounds this weekend. Gets kicked off both Saturday and Sunday at 9 a.m. We go until about 5, which is plenty of time for folks to get to SummerSlam tomorrow. And then get over to uh, Municipal to see Rick Flair's last match. And Conrad, while we have you, I'm curious of your opinion uh, with the news that Vince McMahon is, is stepping down. Do you see any big changes with creative moving forward? With WWE, with, with new people in charge now, even if it's his family members in charge? I do. Uh, I, I think there's probably been a more convoluted process than maybe there needed to be. I don't know that, but Eric Bischoff detailed it on our podcast 83 weeks this past week about what his experience was when he was there for just four months in 2019, where it was just, you know, you're serving an audience of one. And it does feel like that might change a little bit. Uh, Vince certainly had his vision for what he wanted the show to look and feel like. And now we're going to go with someone else's vision. And I think that could be fun and interesting and exciting. Uh, but I guess, you know, we'll have to see after SummerSlam. It feels like maybe through SummerSlam, the plans have sort of been in place. But it'll be interesting to, to see what we're looking at next WrestleMania or next SummerSlam. I, I'm excited about it, though. I'm ready to see what's next. 
Conrad, always great, man, uh, with uh, tuned in to the podcast and, and certainly following the successful run that you're on. Keep up the great work, and uh, hopefully we'll have you on again soon. I don't know if it'll be for a promoting uh, a match. I don't know if you're into that after this run, but uh, certainly welcome back on the show anytime. Thanks a lot, man. Love what you guys are doing and uh, appreciate the opportunity to come on. You got it, man. Thanks There's, so much. Uh, Conrad Thompson. And uh, again, StarCast going on this weekend, StarCast 5. Uh, and we'll say Ric Flair's lastmatch.com for all of the info with, with that. Um, we asked the, the health questions and he certainly addressed them. But man, I mean, when you see the guy now compared to where he was in 2008, 2009, and how he went out in a loss to Shawn Michaels to what I was probably a win. I mean, I would He's expect it's a 10, uh, a, a win and a, and a, a chance to, to go out the, the way he wants to. It's, um, I was telling someone yesterday at, when I saw him, Paul, I was like, man, this guy, he just feels like if he dies in the ring, he's okay with that. I know that sounds terrible, but that, that, there's there's coaches. We said Saban's going to coach till he dies. Like I, Paterno I, I believe did. I believe yeah. Ric Flair wants to go out still wrestling, and that would be like a poetic end to his entire life story. Not that he wants it to end this weekend. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying the guy doesn't want to quote unquote retire. Yeah. It's crazy to me. I mean, he finds ways to stay. Everybody, well, a lot of people find ways to stay close to it when you're done, but there's nothing like being in it. Coming up, Chad, we've got what? we got Clay Travis uh, is going to join us. He's about to hop on a flight from New York City heading back. Uh, we're trying to connect with him a little bit later, but he's got this window coming up so we can uh, break a little bit. He talked with Charles Barkley at the Live event. We can get his thoughts on the Live event. He played in the Pro-Am. Uh, so we'll talk with President of Outkick Clay Travis when we come back. Yeah, the interview with Barkley uh, will be posted soon. We'll get the scoop on what that was like behind the scenes with Clay and playing with Kepka next on Outkick 360. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Clay Travis was at the live event, the tour experience, where he played around with Brooks Kepka. He just interviewed Charles Barkley and more uh, from that event at Bedminster. And Clay Travis, the president of Outkick, joins us on Outkick 360, uh, headed to the airport. 
Clay, good to see you, man. And uh, quite the trip just based on the two names alone, Barkley and Kepka. Yeah, it's definitely a little bit intimidating to have one of the greatest golfers in the world standing over your shoulder watching, you know, your shots, which are not very good in the game of golf. Uh, and then to compare and contrast what they're capable of. But we got uh, some good stuff. Spent uh, a lot of time with Charles Barkley, spent some time with uh, those golfers. We had Trump on the show today and uh, also talked with uh, Greg Norman quite a bit. So I'm headed to the airport now. I think I did the, looked at the schedule. I'm home for one weekend uh, between now and uh, I think Christmas. So uh, <laughs> I'm headed up to Michigan now for uh, a week to kind of vanish and then uh, be back home and uh, the college football uh, season and NFL season will be upon us, and then Fox has the Super Bowl, so it's going to be kind of wild all the way through. Get a text from Laura right now. She's actually thrilled about that, uh, that you're gone for every weekend <laughs> but one. So uh, congratulations yeah. to her and the family. You're, you're going to be out of their life for a while now. Um, what was the worst shot that you hit, and what was the feeling by you when you hit the shot, and what was the reaction from Brooks Kepka when you hit that shot? Was he encouraging, or did he poke fun at you at that point? Uh, both, I think, right? I hit a lot of bad shots, so picking one is uh, is a challenge. Um, but uh, I would say everybody was standing around me on 18. Everybody else had just hit close to the flag to literally finish the round. So we walked, you know, about four or five miles, whatever it is. And I had one shot center fairway, and uh, I lined it up. There's probably 10 or 12 people all standing around watching. And I literally just went divot. I didn't even hit the golf ball. Uh, I just took a divot out directly behind the golf ball. So the grass went flying into the air and there was no actual golf ball that rose into the air at all. So that was probably the worst shot. And I think Brooks Kepka just said, uh, <laughs> which was not true because I think they had to get a whole ground screw out to try and pick up the uh, try and pick up the huge divot that I had just taken out, but uh, pretty good deadpan. Nobody saw that. Um, then I hit the second one. Uh, the, the replay shot was uh, a bit better, but it was uh, it was an experience. I've done a few of these pro-ams. I've never played with a uh, current golfer like Brooks Kepka, who's one of the, whatever you want to say, five or ten best golfers in the world. And what's remarkable, I would say about it the most, is just standing in the, uh, in the tee box and watching how when they hit their tee shot, it just seems to keep rising into the air the further off into the expanse you look. And you know, normal people cannot hit a golf ball like uh, pro golfers can. And it's somehow more incredible standing physically present in the tee box than it certainly is even watching it on television. Barkley had said he was setting a deadline uh, as to whether he was going to be a live broadcaster when he left the course. He, he, maybe he's leaving in the same timetable that you are. Maybe he's moved that deadline. What's I think he's already said. I think he's already said no. Okay. Uh, I, th I think he's sticking with Turner. I, I haven't read the article. I just saw the headline, um, and I think there's an article up about it at Outkick. But when I talked to him yesterday, uh, he had not made a decision. But I talked to him probably I don't know five or six o'clock in the evening. Um, after we got off, uh, everybody finished 18 holes of golf. Um, and so uh, he still had to make that decision. What do you think about that decision? Um, look, I, I don't know what options he had on the table. Uh, so uh, I, I think that could be an interesting question, right? Um, 
And uh, in fact, let's call this a tease. I'm getting out at the airport. Let me get out here and then I will call you back and immediately answer that. I just don't want to be trying to pick up my bags while uh, while I'm rolling out. All right. Yeah, do that. Cool. So yeah, let me call fine. you back in 30 seconds uh, and uh, I will answer that question because I've given it a lot of thought. Perfect. Yeah. And actually, I, I saw a little bit of the interview with, with Charles Barkley and uh, he he says in the interview, I think Clay asked him something like, you know, what's the what's the last when's the last time someone said something that truly pissed you off? And he, he thought about it for a while, and he said, it's just the general reaction of selective outrage about live. And he even brought up the fact, he's like, I'm a Nike athlete. I understand there's issues around Nike, but people aren't crushing me over that, right? It's the, the people are doing this. And he even said, he's like, the 9-11 people, I get. Yeah. Like, the personally affected, like, I can understand and listen to some of that, but other people with the criticism he didn't like. But then he also said, I'm 100% committed to Turner. That's my priority right now. He didn't say no about it at the time when he spoke to him yesterday, but basically saying the priority right now was Turner and that Turner gave him everything he wanted in media, gave him the platform, and that's his priority right now. It's so interesting because it sounds Hunt like he said out, no. Hutt pointed out that he has said he's not intending to spend the rest of his life at Turner. That's what he, yeah. So he's got some future somewhere else. It's just not now and this. Well, it's almost like the broadcasting part of this is very similar to me to the Phil Mickelson part of it. Phil Mickelson jumped out in front of everyone else and took a lot of heat. But after some time passed, others have joined up and taken less heat. So it almost takes that one. I know Faraday. They're also not Phil Mickelson. in it, but it takes like the well, the network or the streamer. I'm not even talking about a specific broadcaster. It takes some sort of arrangement with a big streaming service or with a network to jump on board with Live before there's actual American interest in it. Arlo White might have taken a hit, um, and you guys know him even if you don't know him he's the main voice of the premier league and he's phenomenal like if you watch a premier league game that he's calling you know it's big it sounds bigger he's that guy like al michaels yeah and he's off the premier league now with nbc um his contract was up so maybe they were going to be done with him anyway but he was doing live and it might have been a part of why he's not back Clay Travis uh, back with us uh, at the airport after hopping out of the uh, the, the car. He's in the uh, lobby about to, to go through security. Uh, Clay, you want to pick up where you left off there on Barkley's decision? Well, first of all, I don't know if you can hear this, but they have the loudest violin maybe ever <laughs> playing in the history of airports. Flip yourself. I've never been here before. I'm in the Newark airport, and I mean, they are blaring some random <laughs> violins, like Yanni, or, I don't even know what this is. God's country. Um, there's no actual words. Um, uh, but what I would say is, uh, to, to Paul's question earlier, I, I think what Charles had to make a decision on is, uh, to some extent, does he want to give up everything else in order to join the live tour? Um, I think he may well have had to do that and he loves basketball, and they have the best show out there inside the NBA. I don't know what dollars are on the table, what his life might have been like, how much it would change. Uh, but, uh, but you know, anytime you have to make one of those choices, and you take it outside of the Charles Barkley universe, I mean, people have to make choices about the jobs that they take all the time. And Charles has one of the all-time funniest quotes ever which I like to use, and I mentioned it to him, I think at some point, 
know, athletes always say they're going to pray on it. God's going to tell them what team to join. And then Barkley said, it's amazing how often, you know, God tells the athlete to take the most money. So uh, I don't know what, uh, I don't know what Live Golf offered Charles Barkley. I don't know any of the details of their negotiations, but Charles Barkley's own quote himself is usually the person goes to the best money. Now, at some point you have so much money, you may be able to do everything that you want to do. And that's where you really kind of have the luxury of making choices like that. And I think to some extent, Charles did. Uh, what I'll say is, uh, I think Charles is the most skilled former athlete to ever do television. And there aren't a lot of people that you could even put in the conversation with him. And it speaks to how good at television he is, that he could be incredibly compelling television in theory talking about golf, a sport that he said to be he never even played until he was 26 years old and something that he certainly is no good at at all by his own uh, by his own estimation. But I think it speaks to how, how talented of a broadcaster he is um, and just how compelling he is on television. I mean, I think you can make an argument. I think it's a fun argument. Hey, they finally turned off. Oh, there actually is somebody here. Playing. I thought maybe you tipped him. Oh, God, I would give 100 bucks right now for that guy not to play. <laughs> well, the, uh, that's what I figured was happening. The, the best part of this, Clay, is YouTube will take this video down for copyright <laughs> violations. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, what, what I was going to say, though, about Charles is he's, back. he's a hell of a basketball player. One of the, I think, NBA 50 greatest players of all time. I think even as good of a basketball player as he is, he is far better as a broadcaster than he ever was as a player. And he was a great player. And that's a high compliment. I talked to him some in our conversation. I said, you know, hey, when did you find out you were good at television? Because if you remember, one of the things that's fascinating about Barkley is um, he was never considered to be that nice of a guy or that interesting of a guy. In fact, he kind of had the reputation of being a total jerk. And he said, Don Olmeyer, who was at NBC, sat down with him and said, hey, I think you could be great at television. Charles said, how do you know? You never see me do television. He said, here's what I know. You say exactly what you think, and that is so rare. That level of authenticity is so rare that you're going to be incredibly compelling just based on that honesty. And uh, I think there's a lot of truth to that, and I think that certainly has ended up being the case. Clay, we're up against the top of the hour, and uh, you've got a flight to catch. Um, when will and you all, got a violinist to tip yeah, also? When will this all be posted in about 15 seconds or less? Do you know the details of everyone you talk to? Uh, you know, I didn't hear that final question, but I heard I had 15 seconds, so I'll just say keep up the good work. I'm going to go tip this uh, violin player to never play violin for the rest of his life. He is not. Uh, the most talented violin player I've ever heard. And then I'm headed <laughs> on my You guys have a good weekend. Thank Hope you, Clay. everybody has a fantastic weekend out there. Thanks, Clay. Thanks, Clay Travis, uh, OutKick president at an airport or the deck of the Titanic. I'm not sure which. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, I... The full interview will be up soon. I know Sleepy Danny's on the working on that. If he's not asleep, he, if he's awake, he's working on it. Yeah, but uh, he, he's he asleep, spoke with he's more than Barkley. We need our crew to tell us who he spoke with, but he spoke with more than Barkley. Um, and uh, some great interviews are, are headed OutKick's way in that regard as well. We'll um, promote it when we find yeah. out. Yeah. Um, coming up, we've got the headlines, including DK Metcalf. We hit Kyler Murray earlier in the show. We'll turn our attention to DK Metcalf, where he gets paid, and as Paul will point out, there is a big difference between DK getting paid and the other receivers who have been paid this offseason. 
will tell you where that separation lies as we kick off hour number three on Outkick 360.